0: Mario Brothers is the premier video game IP in the sense that generationally everyone knows it.
1: Welcome to the Powers to Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Friday, April 14th. Today, Matt Bellany is here to talk about the rollout of Max the ambitious new streaming service from Warner Brothers Discovery that combines HBO and Discovery Plus. Will David Zaslav's big bet pay off? And we discussed the blockbuster premiere of Super Mario Brothers last weekend, and whether this means video game IP is finally a good investment. We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm joined today by Matt Bellany to talk about a couple things going on out there, a couple movie premieres, but some big news in Hollywood this week, which is the announcement event around Max, which was HBO Max, and Matt, correct if I'm wrong, what else is bundled into Max? What did David Zaslav announce in announcing Max? I'm just going to say Zas and Max a million times on this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Sadly, they do not
0: have a cute little cartoon character named Max as their logo for this. So HBO Max, which as you know, was the Warner Brothers Discovery streaming service that had all of the HBO content, plus a bunch of other stuff from Warner Brothers and elsewhere that was in this big kind of blob of a service. They are now combining with Discovery Plus, which is the other side of the company that was formed with this merger, Warner Brothers Discovery. So, all of the Discovery Plus content, that is everything from 90 Day Fiancé to the Guy Fieri shows to HGTV to weird shows about, you know, foot funguses and things like that, <laughs> that, they show on those networks. All of that stuff is slammed together with HBO Max for no extra money. It's still a $16 a month charge to get all of this stuff. They're calling it Max, taking HBO out of the name because they feel like as great of a brand that HBO is, it is also not for a lot of people if you are you know it and you either know it's for you or you know that you don't care about that stuff and they're hoping that combining all this stuff into one service will still keep all the HBO people because all that stuff's still there but it will signal to a new crop of people potentially much larger crop of people that this is a service that is broader and has a lot more stuff and you can come in for the prestigious dramas that HBO has and then you can stay for all of that other reality stuff that may Maybe you watch a little bit more often.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm a loyal HBO watcher. You know, I'm one of those blue bubble dwelling succession viewers. It's called Urban Male in His 40s. Is that what it's called? Okay, great. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I know where I can go to watch my VP reruns and succession, like no matter whether it's called HBO or Max. Uh, And it looks like they did kind of keep from like a look and branding perspective, like the Max itself kind of resembles... HBO. So yeah, I mean, I I feel like people are just going to go wherever that content is. How important is this streaming play for David Zaslav and Warner Brothers Discovery? I mean, this is all coming on the heels of a lot of cost cutting, um, their stock prices down, etc. I mean, how much is this like the main bet? It is.
0: I mean, this is the justification for the merger. This is what they thought they could do with these assets that are complementary. Because as I said, a lot of people who watch HBO don't watch the discovery stuff. So they have these Venn diagrams that only cross over a little bit. And the theory is if you, put them next to each other that it will be additive and they can achieve Mm -hmm. the level of scale for this service that Mm -hmm. frankly, you're probably not going to get to with something with HBO in the name. At least that's the theory. I think that the question will be how many people come over to this from the discovery side because discovery Mm -hmm. plus is still going to be available as a standalone service. If you are a 90 day fiance super fan, you can stay subscribed to discovery plus without joining the HBO party. And that's a risk when you're trying to build one big service around the world is, are these people going to come over or are you going to now have these two separate things that coexist and aren't necessarily additive to one another. Now, the reason they did that is because they say we do not want to sacrifice any of those people. The discovery plus people Hmm. are a little more price sensitive. Maybe they wouldn't pay $16 a month discovery plus costs a lot less. I believe it's like five dollars 99, something like that. So they didn't want to sacrifice those subscribers, but is this, growth trajectory of max going to lag because you aren't forcing them in to a bigger bundle here i don't know
1: is there going to be an ad supported there product? is
0: the pricing on it is there's a there's actually a 20 dollar tier which is like the highfalutin like 4k tons of downloads like you're, nobody's gonna subscribe to that the main plan is 16 dollars for max and then there's a 10 dollar advertising tier And that, so basically if you want all the discovery content plus the HBO stuff in an ad tier service, Mm -hmm. you can pay 10 bucks a month, which isn't that much more expensive than discovery plus. So they're Mm -hmm. thinking that the price sensitive people will go there. I don't know how the ads are going to be deployed on the HBO shows because they have resisted doing that, you know, putting stuff in the middle of shows that don't, were not made for ads or In the middle of some of these premiere movies, because remember the Warner Brothers movies all go to max in their first Mm -hmm. window. So they were touting it today during the presentation, you know, they're going to get the flash. They're going to get all of these big Warner movies right after they premiere. And they're probably not going to put ads in those. Uh, They haven't said yet. They haven't been on HBO max, but, um, May 23rd is the day that's when it's going to flip over.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something else that jumped out at me. This is right around the corner. This wasn't just like they were flicking at something happening this summer. I mean, No,
0: they've been prepping this for a year.
1: So is the experience going to be like when I open up Netflix and if I want to watch The Queen's Gambit, you know, the algorithm is like showing me stuff like that, that it thinks that I want to consume. And, you know, I'm not watching Too Hot to Handle, for example. Even though, Matt, I do watch Too Hot to Handle. Um, No, but it's all going to be basically in the same portal. Like in other words, it won't be like you open up Max and you like flip over and you're like here's the HBO content over here. It'll just be no. like, bam, here are all they the They will
0: have tiles for their brands, meaning like <laughs> there will be an HBO tile, there will be a DC tile, there will be a Chip and Joanna tile yeah. for people who right. love the Magnolia network. There will be all these different tiles to go into hubs, but the algorithm is going to do a lot of the work here because if you are a hardcore HBO person and you never engage with any of the TLC shows or any of that, Mm -hmm. probably not going to show you a whole lot of those. They'll be there and you might discover something if you're scrolling, but it'll be, you know, it'll be a little bit more sophisticated version of what happens now, where if you are a Succession watcher, they know that the new Kate Winslet drama from the creators of Succession is going to pop up first thing when you turn on your HBO Max because they know you are primed to watch that.
1: Exactly. Matt, I want to take a quick break and ask you when we come back about the blockbuster premiere of Super Mario Brothers. This podcast is proudly supported by Netflix, presenting the new series The Gentleman. Theo James, Kaya Scodelario, and Daniel Ings star in what the playlist calls an entertaining crime comedy filled with style, panache, and laughs. The evening standard raves, The Gentleman is peak Guy Ritchie, impossible not to love. Now available only on Netflix. Welcome back to The Powers of Pre, everyone. Matt, I want to ask you about some premieres, but something else about Max actually just popped into my head. Zaslav didn't talk about news and sports, I-, I believe, as part of this. He obviously infamously now killed CNN Plus in the crib. I think he said they might not even need NBA rights down the road, but they do have NBA rights. Where does like live programming fit into their streaming ambitions, if at all?
0: It's a good question because it does fit in. And they would very much like to have some kind of CNN branded hub or portion of the max product. They, Uh as we know, they are hampered by the fact that they cannot put actual CNN on a streaming product because of the carriage agreements with their carriage providers that, you know, they pay them a lot of money for that, Mm -hmm. but there are ways to do other things. I mean, NBC has NBC news now, and they do that on Peacock. And there are other ways that these brands have put news content onto their servers. Like ABC News does specific stuff for Hulu. Mm-hmm. I think that is in the plans for Max, but we did not get any update on those plans today. And as far as sports goes, I mean, the NBA rights negotiation is about to get into full swing. And Zaslov did say that we do not need the NBA. I think most people believe he was sort of bullshitting there or stunting mm-hmm. to try and bring down the price or at least... Uh, prime his shareholders for the day that Amazon comes in and says, we're going to pay triple what these guys were paying. And Zasloff can't keep up with that. But the thinking is, is that the NBA doesn't want to go all in on streaming because they know that a big portion of their audience is still in this linear world. And the Turner networks have been very good to the NBA. (laughs) They have the number one studio show with inside the NBA, and they've really developed a following there on the Turner networks. So, I think Warner and Zasloff, they're going to try to be a player in the next round of rights negotiations, but I could see them getting a second or third or even fourth
1: tier package of games. Interesting. Hey, so I want to ask you about the Super Mario Brothers premiere, which I think grossed just over $200 million in the US. I don't have kids, so this kind of came out of nowhere to me. What accounts for this just blowing the doors off? I mean, this is a huge premiere.
0: Yeah, I mean it's almost 375 million worldwide for an opening wow. weekend. Now it was a holiday, five days, but still uh-huh. it was way beyond expectations. But I've been saying this for months: Mario Brothers is the premier video game IP in the sense that generationally everyone knows it. You and I played Mario Brothers when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It goes through Mario Kart. It goes through Super Mario World. It goes through the Nintendo Switch. It goes to all of these different generations of kids who become adults. And it's now a, they call it, usually movies are four quadrant movies if they hit all men, women, young and old. This is a five quadrant movie, people say, because it's men, women, young and old and families. Everybody can go see this movie. I Hmm. went with my kid last week and it was very interesting to see who was there because there were like, this was a six o'clock Saturday show. They were like dudes there with their girlfriends. Hmm. And you never see that for a PG animated film. Was it funny? It's kind of funny, I guess. Like it's well done in the sense that like the characters all look like the characters and they get into situ. It's, it's basically a big hour and a half fan service for the game. Hmm. Like, they they do things that they do in the games. And Mario and Luigi, like, jump and high-five just like in the game. And it's fine. I mean, it's, it's like every choice they made was the safe choice. And the characters are kind of funny but not too irreverent. Like, it's designed for global audiences. It is, it's going to do over a billion dollars. It's Whoa. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but you see exactly why it's successful when you watch it.
1: It also reminds me of when I was reading the press in the run-up to The Last of Us, which was the HBO Series about zombies, etc., that the dude from Chernobyl made, and like a lot of the commentary was, "The Last of Us" is based on a video game. Video game IP has never really worked that well in film and TV, and not until recently. Yeah, but this one of the things they pointed out was the original Super Mario movie with Bob Hoskins that came out in nineteen ninety three, and John Leguizamo was like. One of the biggest like bombs of all time, and it really spooked studios and and TV networks to make things out of video games. So it seems like they've exercised the demons.
0: Most importantly, it spooked Nintendo. That was a licensing deal that Nintendo made with Disney where Mm. that movie, they had nothing to do with that movie. And getting Nintendo back on board was a years-long process for them to be comfortable even putting their characters into another movie. And they had to bring on universal was the one doing the deal. They brought in illumination, which is their animation studio and they have a big track record. They did the Grinch and they've done a bunch of other things and they're very successful these days. And now they felt comfortable doing this. And even so the, the head creative guy at Nintendo was the key producer with Chris Melodondri, the illumination guy on the movie. So they were very much involved in this because of that terrible experience they had in the 90s.
1: Interesting, one more movie before you go. Uh, I don't think this hits the four quadrants, but it definitely hits uh, men and men of a certain age. (laughs) And that's the Ben Affleck movie Air about the development of Air Jordans with Matt Damon playing Sonny Vaccaro. I can't wait to see this. It's good. I really liked it. For sports guy it. reasons?
0: I know you're not a dad, but it's big dad energy of this movie. Like dad's oh, good. Love okay. this movie.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what did it do as well as Amazon Studios wanted it to do? That's actually
0: a very complicated question that I have written about at Puck and I'm writing about right now. Mm-hmm. The the movie opened to 20 million over the 5 day, which was seen by the industry press, the trade press as a big win. It's an adult drama. Uh, it doesn't have any IP. Very little action mm-hmm. in it. Shot mostly in an office building. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a conventional story. It's a period piece in the eighties. Does have some stars, but not something that you would think of as being particularly theatrical these days. And Amazon chose to put it in theaters, and it did twenty million. The problem mm-hmm. is that Amazon paid one hundred and thirty million dollars for this movie the way that it was auctioned off by Ben Affleck and Skydance, the producers, uh-huh. Ben basically saved, said via his new company, I need $90 million to make this movie because he wanted to pay everyone really well, including himself. And then they got a $40 million premium for the producers on top of this that Amazon was willing to pay. So when you look at the 20 million number in the context of a $130 million price, it starts to look less good. Now, That gets into the question of whether Amazon is just getting the value out of the good reviews and the word of mouth and the money from the box office. And all of that is just gonna go into marketing for the eventual debut on Amazon Prime Video, the streaming service, and whether that makes it all worthwhile. That's the part of it we don't know. Because we don't know the value that Amazon actually gets out of this movie if it's popular and well-reviewed and it goes on the service. Netflix is spending over $100 million on movies, and they don't even do theaters. Amazon at least is getting some decent money out of theaters, and then they're going to put it on the service. So it just becomes a much more clouded and confusing
1: question. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see it, obviously. Uh, But that is a question. Will I just wait till it's on streaming? When is it coming out on streaming? And This is the key point. They have not announced... Could be
0: tomorrow, hmm. probably huh. not tomorrow, probably six weeks if I had to guess. But okay, it's just it's a it's a confounding question that nobody in Hollywood seems to know is what is the right price to spend for a movie when the primary audience is going to be on streaming and it's hard to quantify the value of a streaming release.
1: All right, Matt, thank you so much for your Hollywood insight as always, and uh, come over soon and let's watch some Max. Absolutely.